Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoya. I'm Danny Feimster. And Anthony Roque is out today. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we discuss the new FCC rule changes on Part 95 that allow CB radios to operate on FM and digital data transmissions on both FRS and GMRS. We'll give you an overview of these changes, the possible effects the new rules could have on the personal radio services, and speculate when we would likely see new radios that implement them entering the market. We'll also take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. BuyTwoWayRadios.com, your radio specialist. And before we get into discussion today, Anthony's out, but we do have a guest with us today. Yes, we do. Anthony's seat has been filled by John. John is the tech here at BuyTwoWay Radios, and he is a, um, a prolific CBer. Right, John? Would you say? I, I've been on CB since I'm about eight years old. So, yeah, John uh, has forgotten uh, more than I've ever known about uh, CB. So, with the topic being CB radio specific, and with Anthony being off doing Anthony things, uh, I thought let's let's have John sit in and get get a take from someone who is uh, actually. Um, using CB a lot more than uh, probably you or I, right, Rick? Yep, yep. Well, welcome to the show, John. Well, thank you. Well, let's get right into the discussion then. In 2017, the Federal Communications Commission made significant changes to the Part 95 rules that was nothing short of reform. These changes had a significant impact on the personal radio services and the products that operate on them, particularly the FRS and GMRS. Now the FCC has done it again, and with a few more changes that could bring about another generation of radios for personal use, including CB. Yeah, I, I hate to compare this to 2017 because it's, I, I think 2017 was sweeping. I mean, it was oh, yeah. a, a rewrite of Part 95. Uh, this is a tweak, but... It, it probably is significant, especially for somebody that's in the world of CB radio. What, what the FCC has done is respond to a petition from Cobra, mm -hmm. uh, and I think President may have been involved in uh, one way or another as well. I see President mentioned in in the documents from the FCC, but these manufacturers have petitioned the FCC to allow FM modulation on the CB radio service. So. Currently, and throughout history, CB radio has been AM modulation only. And um, there are differences between FM and AM, but the, the primary one in my um, imagination is 
that they're not compatible with one another. So mm-hmm. if one radio is on AM and another radio is, is set to listen on FM, you're not going to be able to to understand each other. Is that a good description, John? Would you it, agree? That is a perfect description of it. So if you're on the AM side of, let's say, Channel 19, and there's somebody who's on the FM side, the person using the uh, AM selection would not be able to understand the FM uh, people that were talking. And I think there is there's some advantages to FM. You could certainly say that uh, using FM for CB brings some advantages with it. I believe that that power is one of them. You're going to get, like, for example, CB is limited to four watts with AM. Uh, you're not getting four watts all the time. It depends on the the um, the strength of the the signal in some ways. Is that more uh, more so because it's amplitude modulation? So the louder you talk, the more you modulate your radio to present its maximum output. That's uh, why you hear people whistle, and when they whistle, they're looking at how much power their radio is swinging to. Uh-huh. But when you normally key up, your radio does not key up at four watts. It'll key up at let's say two or three giving you that headroom um, to modulate and and actually amplitude that carrier. So with FM, that's, this is what I'm more familiar with. You're going to get a consistent 4 watts. If you have a 4-watt transmitter, it's going to be more consistent because the voice is modulated in a different way. It's, it's uh, built into the frequency instead of the power, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so... What we have is is a big change happening with CB. We in the U.S. there are no uh, current FM CB radios. But after this goes into effect, which is going to happen on the twenty eighth of October, is that right, Rick? Yeah. See, here's what happened. They were kicking this around for a few years. This is something that was that was sure. being discussed for for quite a while, and then the FCC decided. I think it was August second of this year. They went ahead and issued this, uh, this, they called it a memorandum opinion and order on reconsideration of certain Part 95 rules, uh, part of which encompassed this. And then it was published in the Federal Register um, on September 28th, which means that 30 days after publishing in the Federal Register, that's when it officially goes into effect. So it should go into effect officially on October 28th. 2021. Yeah. And um, we don't know yet if um, there are going to be any CB radios available for sale on October 28th that support FM. But we know that on that date, it will be legal to to own one and it will be within the rules for the FCC to approve such a device. Now, I understand that uh, FM on CB is not a new thing in some other countries. And, and here in the U.S., we do have retailers that sell export radios uh, that do have FM. So it's not like there hasn't been radios that have the FM. So when you're listening on CB and, and you're, um, you're talking overseas occasionally on CB, right, John? You're shooting skip. You're doing the whole, skip on, the whole thing. Skip on sideband, yes. Um, Why don't you explain, first of all, for those who are listening for the first time, and are not familiar with CB, uh, what skip is? So skip is any time your signal actually makes 
multiple bounces off of the ionosphere, uh, the atmosphere, and makes its way back to Earth. So when you're sending your signal out, you're talking, um, your signal comes from the antenna, hits the atmosphere, bounces back, and then down to Earth. And that may happen many times, which you call hops. Mm -hmm. And uh, certain times of conditions um, during the day, when the sun is at its brightest and there's a whole thing that goes along with it, your signal can actually go as much as 2,500, 3,000, 4,000, five miles away and be heard by someone. Mm -hmm. Now, obviously, you hope to that that person can get their signal back to you in certain conditions that we call skip is when that happens. So you could then have a short conversation with somebody who is um, – 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 miles away. And that mostly happens on sideband. Um, it does happen on AM, but your skip hops are a lot less. They're a lot shorter. And so your contacts are more within the United States than they are mm -hmm. with any other country. So you, um, if you're able to communicate with people in other countries occasionally now on AM, do you run into FM on those standard 40 CB channels at the present time? It's it's a rarity uh -huh. to hear people talking on FM, even today, even with the amount of export radios that have been sold in the United States. Um, it's a rarity to hear two people talking on FM. Rare. Okay. Um, what does it sound like? It sounds like a bunch of ducks. <laughs> uh, quite honestly, it sounds like a bunch of ducks talking to each other. Um, you can't really make out the words there. Sometimes you think you can hear a word or two, but it really does sound like Donald Duck talking to each other. Okay. Um, in more populated areas, what you find is uh, illegal businesses using the FM, um, you know, uh, maybe Uber drivers and things of that nature, because it's a cheaper way to be able to communicate. So they're they're buying a export radio, and maybe they don't even know what they're doing. Maybe they have it in FM mode, and um, they're just communicating with other people that they know that have the same radio. They're using it like uh, probably business radios would be a better application or a better tool for their application. Sure, but you know, obviously, you understand business radios cost license, you know, money for licensing and so forth and so on. Right. Uh, they certainly know what they are doing. Okay. Um, and they use it for that purpose because, again, it's a it, it's an effective but cheap, effective way to be able to communicate without the noise from the AM uh, users. Now. In my personal opinion, um, I'm not a fan of this change. I don't like it. Well, you did mention you did mention on a previous episode of the Two Way Radio Show when you touched on it for the first time that uh, you did not care for it, and I think you gave a couple of of reasons why you know tentatively you weren't you weren't crazy about the idea. Yeah, I don't remember specifically what I said at the time, but uh, my my reasons. Um, are I, I feel like it's going to lead to a lot of confusion. Like mm -hmm. imagine, uh, from my understanding, uh, a lot of CBers stay on the same channel. It's channel 19 most of the time, right, John? It's, it, that's the travel channel? The, the, the travel channel, mm -hmm. if you're running up and down the highways and you're doing any kind of state-to-state -state travel, um, we all know that the truckers are on it and they talk to each other um, 
And obviously, if you're a car, you're listening into them because, uh, you know, they're talking 20, 30 miles ahead of each other and passing information back. So channel 19 is generally the travel channel. So what happens if you're on channel 19 and a year from now, a quarter of the traffic is uh, unintelligible? Because it's it's a different modulation than your radio it, it will support. It's, that seems like a, a nightmare scenario for me. It, That's a possibility. It it is definitely something mm-hmm. that uh, we'll yet to see, um, but it cannot be good. Right. I mean, this this seems like. I mean, it's great for Cobra filed this petition. And I'm sure it's great for Cobra because everybody's going to have to run out and buy a new radio if they want to to be able to. Um, listen and understand what the FM transmissions are. And uh, I mean, full disclosure, we're going to benefit from this as well. I mean, I, I bet uh-huh. that we're going to sell a lot of CB radios over the next year or, but, you know, whenever these things start uh, not everybody, out. But not everybody's going to want to buy it or, or maybe in a position to buy a brand new CB radio. And then all of a sudden they'll find themselves in a position where they kind of have to, or they're not going to be able to, to, use their current radio all that much on the road. And then what's going to happen? Are these radios going to be able to auto detect whether it's FM or AM, or are you going to have to, you know, flip a switch based on what what you're hearing? Currently you have to flip a switch, but that brings up another problem. If, if uh, even if they were able to automatically detect it, you're going to have to, when you reply how are you going to determine? They're going to put two push to talks, one for FM, one for AM. I don't know how this would work. Yeah, it seems I, like it's going to—it's a recipe for disaster on CB. I agree. Well, there I agree. are there are some CBs I think that do have an AM FM switch on them now, right? Well, again, the but, ex, the uh, export radios yeah. do. But uh, as far as maybe the the lower end, I don't want to say lower end, but the the budget. Uh, CB radios, there are quite a few of them out there that are solid radios. A lot of people buy entry level, you know, that uh, that don't have that ability to, to make that switch at all. That's going to be a problem. Well, I mean, maybe I'm blowing this out of proportion. If, if This is currently the world we live in if you're a cb user in europe right fm is legal and am is legal so maybe maybe it's not as big of a problem as i um i'm thinking it is I, from what i understand fm is fairly popular in europe uh-huh but that's what i've heard you know one of the things is when you're using fm as opposed to am your signal has less of a chance if you're a uh person who's looking to, as we call it, shoot, skip, um, your signal doesn't go as far. Now, you know, as a side note, in some of the countries, that uh, CB in those countries, that's different from CB here as far as the band is concerned. So they use some different frequencies in some of those other countries. So CB radios and sold in certain other countries don't even operate on the, on the CB band here and vice versa. So it's going to depend, but it's still they, they're going to have to contend with the same problem that, or, or they've been contending with the same problem that I, I've been pointing out with the um, different modulations on the same frequency. So maybe there, maybe there is a solution 
Or maybe it's not that as big of a problem as I, maybe just no one uses FM. Maybe everyone uses, like you're saying, John, AM is is better for skip anyway. So maybe, um, maybe that's what everyone's using and they have an FM switch on their radio that no one really uses. Yeah. Maybe I can can hear the imaginary uh, guy in the back of the audience going, yeah, well maybe nobody uses CB anymore, but (laughs) I mean, well, we have John right on the show. John right here is a, a, uh, Plenty you people use CB every use day, don't you, John? I have it running in my car every day. Um, do you think? Do you think there are just as many people using it now as there were back? Uh, maybe in not so much the seventies. I mean, we all know about that period, but maybe in say like twenty years ago, there's less people out there, um, but there are people who use it every day. Okay. Do you think? Now, here's the question. Do you think this, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves on that because that's speculation about the future, but. um, We love to speculate about the future. That's what we do best here on the two-way radio show. Quite honestly, the cell phone has made a lot of the communications equipment obsolete for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, However, we are seeing that that, um, renaissance with the GMRS Mm -hmm. uh, come back. Mm -hmm. But, you know, again, CB had its own issues um, once the FCC pretty much forgot about it and didn't police it anymore and, and uh, you know, they don't have time or energy or effort to even do anything about it. So a lot of people left the CB world just about the time we started getting into our cell phones. And, mm-hmm. and you know, we can do a lot more on our handheld cell phones than you could on a CB. But there are still those diehard people who use it um, quite often, not just for skip, but um, for local conversations, as well as, you know, truckers and, and those people who are traveling the highways. Um, there are plenty of people who throw a CB in their car for just that purpose when they're traveling. So there are people who still use mm-hmm. it um, because it is a good form of communication. But, you know, you got to remember back in the late 70s, 80s, you did have the React teams and people who monitored. And, you know, it was a form of uh, you could get help if you got stranded. Yeah. And today, I think that's a lot less. And so people rely on CB a lot less unless you're relying on driving for a living. Um, well, a lot of the CBers um, went GMRS. That's where a lot of this new interest in GMRS is coming from, from people who were yeah, formerly CBers, uh, diehard CBers. Now they've just in- embraced GMRS. As you were saying just a few moments ago, John, that, uh, yeah, there are some disadvantages to CB that they found advantages for in the GMRS, and GMRS covers those those areas. So here's a good question. you think this change might bring some of them back to CB? I couldn't tell you that. See, that's something to speculate. <laughs> Look at John taking the safe route, not making, not making a prediction. <laughs> no predictions here. Man. But um, let's see. I what would I predict on that one? I don't know either. <laughs> Do, who's going to hear that FM is now allowed on CB and think oh, I made a mistake leaving CB? It's time to buy some new equipment and uh, go. I don't think it's going to grab that many new. I new don't people. think it's going to really happen because now that so many people are into GMRS. And there are a lot of people that have basically made GMRS a hobby for them, a hobby. Um, and that's a whole different discussion for another time. But now that people are flocking to GMRS and they're discovering this 
new world of GMRS radios, and more GMRS radios are being offered. Remember, going back a few years before the uh, the 2017 uh, Part 95 reform, um, there weren't that many GMRS options for uh, for the GMRS crowd. There weren't that many uh, radios available. There were, there were a few, uh, but not that many. And most of the ones that uh, most of the real the real heavy duty ones, uh, the ones that that the diehard GMRS users were using, weren't even Part ninety five type except for GMRS. They were borrowing them from business radios, from ham, from other places, and not really for GMRS. It, the landscape has completely changed in the last year and a half, the last couple of years, and now we have a whole slew of new GMRS products that are aimed right to GMRS. Uh, most, if not all of them, are Part 95 accepted for GMRS. These are true bona fide GMRS radios now, and, and they're more coming out every day, all the time. We see more and more new products coming out for GMRS. Now, considering that, what's the incentive at that point, even with FM on CB, what's the incentive for somebody to say, there's this whole I'm in a candy store for GMRS now. I've got everything available to me. What's the incentive for them to go back and say, you know, I think I'm going to go back to CB? Well, I don't really see it, to be honest. Well, look, there's already a, a better selection of radios, particularly mobile radios, available for CB than GMRS. I mean, how many GMRS mobile radios exist in the world? Five? Well, besides the, the, the two ocean radios? Well, there, there's uh, the two ocean radios. Yeah. There, there's, um, there's several other models. Let's see. There, uh, Midlands. Midland has. Yeah, Midland, Midland has three. Their, you know, can't forget Midland. <laughs> there's a couple of radiodity models. Mm-hmm. There's. Um, so we're talking about maybe a, maybe a dozen. Maybe okay. a dozen across the, this, the Cobra board. Cobra alone has a dozen mobile CB. President has a line yeah, of yeah, like 10 true. mobile CB radios. Um, if, if selection is what was holding you back, then it, it shouldn't have been because CB wins, especially mobile. GMRS has an advantage as far as handheld radios go. And I think that with this FM change, that may be one difference that you see. The, these import companies, like what you're seeing with GMRS is a, a flood of, of Chinese companies bringing in radios that, that can move quickly mm-hmm. and adapt radios that they've already had. They're great at FM. They're not great at AM. Now that FM's around, Cobra and President <laughs> really might find themselves with a lot more competition. <laughs> Do you really want uh, the uh, the FCC to say, "Oh, we're going to allow AM on GMRS now"? I don't think so. Uh, no, no, no. I don't <laughs> think that they're going to. I don't think that that would be a possibility. But I, I do think um, that allowing FM on CB opens the world of handheld CB to a lot of import manufacturers that maybe wouldn't have touched it previously because AM especially on handheld, is kind of difficult. Now, it, it does say in the rules that AM is still required. So you could mm-hmm. not bring a FM-only C- handheld CB or mobile CB to market. It has to support AM. But um, I think that, I don't know, there's probably some Chinese company out there that can throw some some crappy AM into a, a, a radio and, and get it out quickly with FM support and – 
maybe Coburn president finds themselves with a lot of new competitors. See, I could go with your argument all the way, except for for one thing, and that is in the case of having more models available, I could I could somewhat go with that, except for one item, and that is the fact that a lot of those models don't, as we were just talking about a few minutes ago, John, a lot of those models, most of them, in fact, don't even support the FM. So if people well, are going to go back. It's not allowed now. Well, I'm talking about if if we're talking about uh, people leaving GMRS to go back to CB, and this would be the catalyst for it. Oh, well, they allow FM on CB now. I can go back to CB. Oh, yeah, I don't think They that. don't have that many. There, there aren't any models to speak of available right now. From the I, I back agree. And That's my, what I'm saying. My The point I made earlier is I don't think that FM is going to get anyone back to Nobody's that left CB is going to come back because it has FM. See, no, that, and, we agree on that point. And, yeah. and I also, where GMRS has the option of repeaters, I don't know of a single CB repeater. I've heard of them, <laughs> but I don't know of any well, that truly exists. The radio, no it? radios no. that I've ever seen are capable of that. Right, right. Uh, and it's been custom built. And and again, I, I've heard of CB repeaters. I've never actually operated one or worked one. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, they're they're not, in in our world they're non-existent. But in GMRS world, there are hundreds, if not thousands, of repeaters. That are out there already with more popping up every day. Yeah. See, I don't see that anywhere in the rules where repeaters are even allowed on CB anyway. So, and, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. So, right then and there, uh, I, I concur with you on that. So that, uh, you know, that's one less incentive to go back to CB. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't read the rules to see. I, I, I'm pretty sure the rules don't specifically say that a repeater is allowed. But it may be that you can do one by not, uh, you know, telling anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not not telling anybody. But it it may be one of those things that's technically legal, even if it's not explicitly legal, because it's not prohibited. You know what I mean? Like oh, right, just because say, they didn't just, say you couldn't, uh, it doesn't it, doesn't it, mean you can't. Yeah, you exactly, can go. Yeah. Oh well, you're allowing a four watt AM transmitter on this frequency, so I have. That's what I. That's what a repeater is. It just happens to listen on a different frequency. You know, it's yeah. But you're repeating you, the signal, and uh, the repeater would, even at four watts, you're repeating the signal. So you're you're picking up, you're passing it on. I think the FCC has some rules about that, don't, uh, doesn't it? I don't know. I have, I, have, I have to go back and look at uh, the specific CB rules on. We need to brush up on specific, part ninety-five. Yeah, that's I have to go back and look at the specific. I've, I've read it several times. It's a boring read. I tell you that. <laughs> it's the FCC. It's not supposed to be fun and exciting. <laughs> it's also legal jargon. So yeah, uh, that's, yeah. that's not exactly. It's mostly keep you awake either. don't do this and don't do that and don't do the other and have a nice day. <laughs> but they don't tell you it like that. You're going to decipher that. It's not allowed. Out of the rules. We we should do an episode on the Paperwork Reduction Act. uh, Yes, we definitely should. Because, you know, especially since they spent several paragraphs in this document talking about the Paperwork Reduction Act, which took up, what, three, four paragraphs on this one page? Yeah, uh, that uh, that adds more paperwork. You know, to this our listener numbers might paper. go up because of that. <laughs> because there's there's a lot there's a big market in podcast for people wanting um, something to go to sleep to. You yeah, know, something yeah. that'll knock them out. 
<laughs> well, if we haven't put everybody to sleep now, we're we're, we're bound to. Uh, if you're still up. with us, it's time to move on to the Motorola part of the the Motorola petition. Yeah, we haven't even talked about that part. Let's let's uh, talk about the Motorola petition. Um, that is also very interesting, and this has to do really with uh, the FRS and, and GMRS services. Yeah, uh, the way I read this, what what Motorola is asking for is the ability for a radio to make um, automatic or periodic data transmissions that include location. Mm. I don't know if it's specific to location. Automatic or periodic. Does the periodic mean that it it would be manual? I'm just reading your notes here. Oh. You tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just copied it from no, no, the, no, the FCC document. Or can it be both, <laughs> automatic and manual? Here's what I'm reading in the FCC rules. I, I see... Um, currently, I believe what happens is when a radio is transmitting, it's allowed to send its location along with the transmission. And I believe that you're allowed to trigger a location request that a radio can respond to with its location. But that has to be manually triggered. So what Motorola is saying is we would really like to make some radios that just automatically send the location um, occasionally. So the FCC granted that, mm-hmm. and they're allowing radios to automatically transmit location data every 30 seconds. So yeah. what you can do with this is imagine a radio that has a map on the screen or a radio that connects to your, your cell phone and shows a map. Um, now every other radio within range can transmit its location every 30 seconds and your radio will pick up that location and show a dot on the map for every radio that it, it's receiving a, a signal from. Personally, for me, I think this is more useful than the uh, FM on CB because, first of all, I'm not really a CBer, but second, um, I can see a lot of value in being able to do location tracking and things like that on a GMRS or FRS radio. And uh, I think down the road, I we might see radios with a lot more advanced features than just what's on some of the high-end ones now. And, uh, and especially, you know, considering that, and think about it, especially considering some of the high-end full-color displays we have on a few of these radios, um, I'd like to see. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see GPS incorporated in that scenario. Well, it would join the APRS mm-hmm. that the amateur radio operators are currently enjoying now. Mm-hmm. Right. I wonder if that um, would fit within these rules. Could you like use the exact same APRS protocol that ham radio uses? Um, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. But it'd be great if it would just. If there's already a lot of equipment and. Uh, Things that that use that. So if you could pull that in and just tie it into a GMRS radio. It would be great. And think of the implications. Uh, You're out on a ski slope and you've got GMRS radios and your buddy gets lost somewhere in the woods. Um, Now we've got a way to track him. Yep. Right. Or if he gets... He he gets uh, buried under uh, an avalanche and uh, he doesn't have his 
Midland ER310 radio with the dog whistle so the dogs can find them. At least they can then you track them with the <laughs> – I had to throw that in somewhere. Because you're always making fun of me about the fact that I like that oh dog, whistle. dog whistle. Dog whistle, <laughs> the most, most worthless add-in to that package. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> Rick promotes it every time. It includes a dog whistle. In I had to get that in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, well, you know, apparently we aren't alone in this because a lot of the GMRS community, according to the FCC, a lot of the GMRS community supported Motorola's suggestion on this. So, um, yeah, I, I can't think, unlike the CB radio petition, which I'm not a huge fan of, I like the Motorola. Yeah, I didn't really see anywhere where the FCC specifically said, oh, yeah, the CB community really supported the uh, FM on CB petition, but they have it right here. Members of the GMRS community supported Motorola's suggestion. They have it written in in black and white. So, uh, Well, the CB manufacturers and retailers certainly (laughs) supported it. I I was going to say, if you read that a little bit deeper, it says, well, Cobra uh, supported that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) well... Cobra, it, of course yeah. they will. <laughs> I, I'm having trouble seeing the benefit to end users with the FM on CB. It just seems like there's so much more potential to cause confusion and chaos. <laughs> but, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not a regular CBer. Um, maybe not. And I didn't think about it before our podcast, but uh, one of you guys made the point that this is already allowed in Europe. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they, they're clearly handling it over there. Maybe there is, maybe it's not as big of a deal as I, I think it would be. Well, I think more of the radios in Europe started out as the FM as opposed to the AM. And so I think the adoption of FM was early. Maybe in, it just wasn't a thing because it always existed. Right. And, and when you think about it, if you have a lot of people on FM, whether it be in, you know, CB band or another band, um, the spacing seems to be a lot tighter with less interference. Whereas an AM radio, or at least an AM CB radio, and we all know they're not made to exact specifications as perfectly as some of the manufacturers of FM radios have been uh, forced to. Um, So there's a lot of bleed over or splatter. And so in Europe, you ever, um, you ever seen a, a Baofeng on a spectrum analyzer? I, I have, but but again, we're we're talking. FM, uh, it's not so clean either. Baofeng has not been around. Talk about that splatter. Long. <laughs> but but again, you know, with with the incurrence of uh, FM in in Europe, they've been mindful of some of those issues, mm-hmm. and I believe FM helps to keep them within you know a, uh, an acceptable level. Mm-hmm. We're here. You know, users on AM are not kept to an acceptable level, and I've watched several. Uh, not a lot of enforcement. On no, AM. there's not. There's not CD a lot here. of enforcement. So, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that that's going to help either way. And I don't think there's going to be a, a big adoption of it because, like I said, um, there's been for many, many years the import of the export radios, which have FM, and you rarely hear someone on FM. I just wonder about new products. Like, does, does Cobra have a FM version of all their radios that are just ready to go? Like, on October 28th, um, are, are we going to see, like, Cobra announcing, here's 27 new radios that 
They uh, have an FM version of every radio they currently make. Well, that brings us into our last question here is when would we likely see these changes reflected in the market? And really, once you mentioned that, it got me to thinking, and I'm speculating here like we always do because that's what we do best here on the Two-Way Radio Show. I think you might be onto something. It's possible they might have these radios at the ready, and they have had them at the radio, and maybe those are some of the radios that they already have going on in other markets and other countries, and they're looking to expand and and bring some of those products that they already have I can to the U.S. You, uh, you know the President Randy handheld CB radio? I, I was mm-hmm. looking into this radio for a customer or something a, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, I looked up the manual, and I found the European manual for the European version, and it already supports FM. Yep. yep. I'm where not our President Randy and ours is called the President Randy FCC, and now I know why because it's a special version of from the the European radio. Instead of a weather button, they've got a mode button that switches between FM and AM. Very cool. So I guess in Europe they don't have NOAA, but. Um, here, we don't have FM, so they changed it to a weather button. So that supports my speculation, really, that, that that's what they, they've got. They've got the models there. They're already selling them overseas, but they want to bring those to the U.S. and expand the market for those products that they already have, sell more of them over here. The NOAA this- situation does bring up a, a, a good question, though. They can't – it's not like they could just bring the President Randy from Europe Mm-hmm. And presumably they have the same situation with all their mobiles as well. And I, I just haven't looked those up, but they're going to have to add NOAA to it. So it ca- they can't bring the same radio in that they sell in Europe because uh, unless they're just going to ditch the NOAA feature, I don't think they would do that. Um, right? Unless know. there's something else there that, that we're missing or we're not aware of that they've got maybe – Maybe it's all just the same board and they've just turned those things yeah. off for one version yeah, or another. You're, you're probably I think right. That's it's probably, probably what it is. It's probably just firmware. Yeah. Anyway. It's, it's probably- I don't know. I don't think on a Cobra 29 in a US model, there's any firmware in it. Uh, we're still looking at old type circuit boards. Yes, they've been updated in its surface mount, but I don't think there's any software that's running that radio. Uh, I have the 29WX, which has the weather scan in it, um, but I don't see there being any software yeah, You're right. With, with those mobiles, I mean, I, I've looked at the board and the way that, you know. It's, yeah, some of those boards are like 20-some-odd years old, you know. They've been, so, they've been making them for a while. Now, if you so. look at the Lincoln 2, which is is now the updated version, and – does have the capability for you to plug it into a USB. There is some software that goes along with it. Yeah, that may be, but are that's that's technically an amateur radio. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really an eleven meter radio. But thinking about that, what are they going to do with their twenty five and their twenty nine and you know their other radios that weren't designed like a Lincoln two? They weren't designed to have software and everything else. And do those radios um, have weather mode? The the twenty nine WX does. So there there are different flavors of the twenty nine. The twenty five does not. If if it has mm, yeah. weather, then 
those NOAA broadcasts are in FM, so it would have to have the ability to decode uh, FM you, modulator. Yeah. But I believe in in right. in a twenty nine uh, WX. Again, when you look at it, it's probably built into a chip, but there's no software. Um, yeah, per se. I guess the question is, do they all use the same board and there's just a jumper that turns that off? That's or what it, I was uh, going to suggest. Maybe there's a jumper. Maybe there's some kind of a, a switch somewhere. A different circuit. Well, you would certainly have to build in a different circuit. Now, it may all be on a chip um, that you turn that chip on some, and off. But Sometimes you see those guys make the do the math that it's easier just to include like the weather feature on every board and just disable it on the non-weather models. Right. Than it is to maintain multiple different different boards. I'm I'm not smart enough to uh, dig in that that deeply. Do you ever see any of these boards that have open sockets where there would be a chip to go in there? But uh, and not necessarily sockets, but maybe on the PCB there are some spots where there might be a place for a chip, they just don't have one in there. Yeah, sure. And and again, even talking about the 29, there's different flavors of that uh, radio that Cobra sells. So one is the WX and one has Bluetooth and one doesn't. And I'm sure if you look at the board, there's there are spots where you know certain diodes, capacitors, and resistors were added for whatever flavor, even as much as chips were added, depending on what features and functions they added in, because not all Cobra 29s have weather. So it wouldn't be a huge stretch for them to go back and say on some of the boards um, that maybe don't have some of those chips and don't have some of the other components in there, but there's space on the PCB for them. To just simply add them in and turn around and sell them, so that that's a possibility. And once again, well, I'm that, no, if, if, you're, if you're changing that board, you've got to get it re-approved through the FCC, though. Yeah, but the, how big of a deal is that going to be if now the FCC is allowing FM and uh, on CB, and now they can say, "Hey, we can throw our chips on these other boards it, and get them recertified," and it's uh, might be worth their while. They might consider it worth doing rather than having to remake a whole new CB from scratch. I don't think it would be difficult so much as just time consuming because if you if you go back to the FCC, you're probably going to have to have it retested. You're going to have to have um, like a, a test lab will come up with the report mm-hmm. and uh, then you file that with the FCC. It, it takes a, a, a couple of months to go through that process. And plus, if you're a big company like Cobra, just making a change to all these boards isn't something that's going to happen overnight. I mean, they they probably plan these things a year in advance. Which brings us back to the original question. When do you think we would see these changes coming? When do you think we would see these new products um, coming out to market? Would, would be three months, six months, a year, uh, maybe longer? I mean, it, it did take a little while for, for um, companies to jump on board some of the FRS and GMRS changes in the 2017 uh, reform. Wow. So uh, it wasn't that long, but it was it was a year and a half, two years before you really saw a difference. You know, we, when we started this conversation, I was thinking that you know you'd probably we might see something before Christmas. But mm-hmm. uh, now that I think about it a little deeper, and we are just speculating. I don't know anything. Yeah. You know, I happen to own a two-way radio company, but I, I, I don't know anything from anyone about 
when any of these radios are coming out. Maybe that is in itself is a sign. I haven't gotten a memo from Cobra or President saying that new models were coming out in a month. So maybe that tells me that they're, they're not going to be coming out in a month. But as a company, you would think if you were petitioning the FCC with this, then you would also go to your internal departments and say, hey, we're looking to get this change. Start doing some engineering so that we can gear up if this should get proposed will be along with the curve as far as not being with the curve because now we've got a petition and now we're trying to scramble to get our products out before someone else does because now we've made the change and the FCC agreed. You yeah. wouldn't you wouldn't want to be left behind if it's your proposal to put FM into the CB band and then you're the third guy to the market. <laughs> you're you're absolutely right about that. If if I'm Cobra, I don't want to be embarrassed. And I, what if what if Cobra loses all their market share because President beats them uh, by a year with the the product line? That would be so maybe maybe sad, I guess. Yeah. So maybe um, maybe six months or or something like this. Maybe by this time next year, I don't know. The other problem that we've got is that it's uh, October 2021. We've got. COVID problems, we've got supply chain problems, we've got shortages throughout the world with electronics. So uh, even if they could normally turn these things around in four to six months, in October 2021, this probably isn't the time that a company is going to be able to make those tightest of turnarounds. So It's a good point. um, I would say... I, I guess I'd bet on a year that before we see a major company come out with something. And and Motorola, what about Motorola? Because we hadn't really talked to because Motorola is, uh, you know, sometimes they're very very quick on their feet, and other times they're slow as molasses. So you know that's kind of a wild card there when it comes to the FRS and GMRS. Um, that's uh, you know Motorola might have something ready and waiting in their wings. You know, you just never know. I don't know. You never know. I um, I would think that if I were a CB company or a company capable of making CB radios, now would be now's an opportunity. If I mean a big yeah. company like Cobra and President, um, they're going to take a while to do a, to turn around some product with FM potentially. So maybe this is an opportunity for. Well, I mean, as far as the as far as the the, the data stuff, the, the you know for FRS and GMRS, you know Motorola's already kind of halfway there anyway with the T eight hundred. Yeah, well, what we need uh, for that is we just need updates to the existing mm-hmm. mapping GMRS products, like the T eight hundred from Motorola. That um, I think that's more like an FRS radio, but they could. Probably make an update to the firmware on that radio, not even need a new FCC approval, and um, start doing the automatic transmissions of the location. It could be. I don't think that would even take that much. I don't know that it's a firmware updatable radio, so you you may end up with a Motorola T801 or something like that. that Where where would you read the data, though? Because my radio is sending you the location information, unless your radio can receive and decode that where a human can interface with that radio, just because it's sending the data, how do you you then- You have to have a radio on the other side that's going to be looking for mm-hmm. it. But again, without a display, 
coordinates. That radio connects to your cell phone. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's uh, what I'm, I'm asking. You use the T800 app, and yeah. there's a map in there that shows you where you're at, and it puts a little um, okay. X over right. all the so, other. So, yeah. yeah. So that would be perfect, because then they're, they're three-quarters of the way there. And we right. have a video. It would just take updating, I think, just take updating the firmware of that radio to say, you know, start transmitting. You can also change the settings right through the app on that radio. It's a pretty cool radio, the way they've done that. And we have a video on uh, on that. We demonstrate how that works in the video. And, uh, uh, go to uh, our YouTube channel, Bike to Wear Radios, and check it out. I wish they would make like a more powerful version yeah, of that radio. Like it's it, kind They should of make a GMRS version with... Five watts and repeater capability. I don't, I don't know think, why yeah. they they opted to go for the lowest. <laughs> I mean, it's that radio. I think is less than a watt. If I'm, I think what recall. it is is GMRS is taking off as like as far as we're concerned because mm-hmm. we're a small company. You know, Motorola needs to to sell tens of thousands Still, of radios. Two so. watts, you're allowed up to two watts on the FRS. Why not go for two watt the full two watts? Well you're right. You should give go the with customer what you're, uh, some value there for you know, for some power for um, for what they're paying for FRS. I agree. Why not? I, I guess it would cost a little more. Maybe you'd have to put better components in there and you know Motorola um, they have to have a lot of, of markup, I guess. All right, so um, I guess that pretty much covers this discussion on it. Any final thoughts on on those items? On uh, any final thoughts on the FM on CB or the the data on FRS GMRS? I think uh, I uh, mentioned everything that I I needed to. How about you, John? I did. I did. Okay. I think uh, we covered a lot. I think so. Um, all right. Well, we have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twoayradioforum dot com. Uh, the first one comes from Sean, and uh, Sean's uh, talking about he saw the video for the Ocean KG935G GMRS two-way radio that we did. Good job and, on that uh, video, by the way, Rick. Oh, thanks. I was, appreciate it. That was a great um, video. Sean says, good video, great radio. Does the programming software ever get upgrades? And that's from Sean. It's a good question. Good question. Yes, the, the programming software does um, get updated occasionally. We've had a, a few programming software updates um, this year, mm-hmm. and uh, let me think. Each one has improved the programming it, capabilities it, of that radio. Nothing major ever seems to change, though. You know, it's it's like the updates that we get are are mainly bug fixes. Mm-hmm. So if if somebody finds something that's not right, then um, we can tell Ocean, and they they generally issue an update. But if I say like, hey, it'd be great if this would import frequencies from a CSV file. Or go on AM. (laughs) Throw that in because of the topic. (laughs) Uh, If I stick with the CSV file things, uh, if uh, that uh, was my request, they would say, no, we're not doing that. We can't do it. But you know, something I'm trying to think of a good example. What what was broken? There's one not um, long the nine oh five with the reset being unchecked. Yes. Perfect example. The reset option um was unchecked in the nine oh five G software. And whenever someone wrote the radio with a default 
version of the software, the reset option would go away entirely mm -hmm. because it's, for some reason it's a checkbox in the software to allow reset. And then people would call and say, hey, um, what happened to my reset? I thought there was a reset option here, but I programmed my radio and went back and it's not there anymore. Well, just put the check back in the box and you're good. And now if, if you've uh, installed the software, recently at least, you, you won't have that problem anymore. Resets okay. checked by default. All right. Our, our next one comes from uh, Dalton. And Dalton wants to know, we have the Midland T70 series and we can't figure out why they won't communicate to each other within the so-called 38-mile radius. What should we do and how should the screen setting look? And that's from Dalton. We got we to gotta answer this one. <laughs> well, first of all, um, before we get into 38 miles, let's, you, you want to be sure that they'll talk, you know, 20 feet away. Mm -hmm. if, if you get that working, um, then the range is another discussion altogether. You're never going to get 38 miles out of the, those radios. But um, things that would most likely make the radios not talk to each other if they're 20 feet away would be the uh, privacy codes mm -hmm. uh, being mismatched. Like maybe you have one radio that has a privacy code set and the other radio does not have um, a privacy code set. It's, I think Midland, does Midland call them privacy codes or CTCSS DCS tones? I think, uh, I'm trying to remember now. I believe um, they, they, they have are, them separated are, in the menu. CTCSS and DCS. Yeah. So you want to go in the menu and look at DCS mm -hmm. and CTCSS and make sure they match between both radios. If they do match and you're talking 20 feet away and you're not talking 38 miles away, that's normal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 38 miles is, is difficult. But, but that's for, the key. That's the key. You try them up close next to each other first. And yeah. if they're talking to each other, if they're not talking to each other, then you fix that uh, first. But if they're talking to each other, then you go out and try, you know, going 38 miles down the road, which I, I doubt that or 36 miles or whatever it is. Uh, I doubt that's going to 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 work out too well for you unless you're you're really really uh i don't know maybe you're in orbit or something that might work yeah but, i mean we, we've talked about this yeah, at length so but it's, times. It, it, it just depends on your terrain it depends on where you're at your elevation what's blocking your yep. signal it's, we have a gmrs we do have a gmrs calculator gmrs radio range calculator on our website at bytowayradios.com just type in uh, GMRS range chart, and it'll exactly. pop right up. And you will find out exactly how much range your radios will have for your yep. situation. Yep, real-world scenario. All right, we have a couple comments here. Uh, this one's from Chris. You remember Chris? Chris the one who, in our last episode, uh, called me out on and said that I was being too tough on Ethan. Okay, so... Well, you were being too tough on Ethan. Yeah, I mean, we went through that. <laughs> Let's not go through that again. <laughs> well, I mean, that that's settled. Everyone agrees. Uh, um, you know, Chris agrees. I agree. You, you, John, you, I don't know if you've heard that episode, but there's, there's some guy who was very nice. He sent us an email educating us about MERS radios from Radio Shack and uh, – because we, we, you know, we've got the MERS mobile now, the KG-1000M. And uh, this guy wrote us and uh, said, no, actually, that's not the first MERS mobile. Radio Shack had one. And then Rick just let this guy have it. Like, I didn't they, ha let him have it. I was, I was just. 
Are we going to go through this again? (laughs) He was extremely rude. And then this guy wrote last week or last episode and uh, agreed with me that Rick was very rude. Well, this is is his comment. He says, uh, this is from Chris. He says, really enjoyed the show tonight. He's talking about episode 160, I believe. Uh, Really enjoyed the show tonight. Great info on a couple of full-featured mobile radios. Tough choice. Certainly surprised to hear you read my email, too. Glad it was received so well and excited to benefit from a T-shirt swag opportunity. Looking forward to hearing from you. Now, the other reason he's he's responding is is your T-shirt idea thing. As for a T-shirt idea, first thing that came to mind... A picture of two Dixie cups or tin cans connected by a string with my other radio is a smarter radio. And that's from Chris. Oh, I like that uh, T-shirt idea. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I have actually been um, busy um, doing some T-shirts here uh, mm-hmm. recently. So we've got a couple of T-shirts coming out probably later this month. Yeah. Watch for those. Well, in the meantime... We should make it a regular segment where we bash Rick for uh, what he did to Ethan. <laughs> well, in the meantime, Chris, um, we are sending you a T-shirt, as as promised on the last episode. We're sending you a T-shirt and uh, some swag. So we really, really appreciate the comments. And thanks for, for being a loyal listener of the Two-Way Radio Show. And, uh, yeah, that's a pretty interesting uh, suggestion. We'll, we'll look it over. My other radio is a smarter radio. I, I, I like, like it. I, I, I like, like I I think. People like funny, my, my, funny radio-related T-shirts. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you know we might sell ten of those. There you go. My other radio is an ocean. <laughs> uh, um, okay, well we have one more here, and this is another comment, and this is from Mister E, otherwise known as Ethan. Oh, Ethan, it's Ethan. And great, no, great no, to hear from it's you. It's funny Thank you should mention him. Okay, I, I'm so glad that we didn't lose a listener because of you, Rick. He says, Ethan says, hey, that's awesome. Just listen to episode 159. Love it. You guys crack me up. As far as the old Radio Shack 19-1210, there only appears to be one on eBay, and it ain't cheap. They were good when I had them, but not for that much, LOL. And uh, and he says he, he can't wait for that because he heard he's getting a T-shirt and some swag, which I he should have them by now because I sent them out uh, uh, after that. He should have them there. Yeah, if if you haven't received them yet, Ethan, uh, let me know. Shoot me an email. I want to make sure they got there to you. Uh, he says, "Can't wait." Thanks, and that's from Ethan. And uh, Ethan, really, really appreciate appreciate it. Appreciate all your input. We need to check. I saw his email when it first came in, and he put the link to an eBay auction for those Radio Shack um, or that Radio Shack model. Yeah, and I mean, it was like. I don't remember exactly, but I want to say 250 bucks or something like cheap. that. cheap. Anthony was looking them up. Anthony was looking them up on his cell phone during the show. And he, he was looking up. That, at least that's what it looked like he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> he was over there. I remember that. He was yeah. trying to find them to see. Mm, see yeah. I don't think he could find them at the time. Yeah. He said he was finding some other stuff, but not that. Uh, but Ethan included a link to the eBay auction in his email, and I checked it, and they, I think they were like two hundred fifty bucks. But yeah. We need to check it again and see what they uh, what it sold for. Yeah. 
All right, well, I guess that does it for our comments and questions in this episode. Send in your comments and questions for Dana, Anthony, or myself to show at buytwowayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. Of course, you can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on just about everywhere you can hear a podcast. And, of course, if you go to our website to click the subscribe button, you have a lot of options there including the option to subscribe by email. Just put in your email address and you'll get the latest episode. As soon as it comes out, you'll be the first to get it and no salesman will call. That's to the emails just for the, for, uh, for getting the show. Uh, that nothing else. Okay. So you're safe there. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. There's one more thing too. We were talking about these radios. If you're interested in any CB radios or any FRS or GMRS radios or any kind of radios or radio accessories at all, don't forget, you have, as a listener of the Two-Way Radio Show podcast, you get to take an extra 5% off your entire order by putting in the uh, promo code SHOW at checkout. So you put that promo code in, you get 5% off your order. So that's a pretty good deal. All right, well, uh, before we go, any uh, other final comments? Yeah. Uh, I just want to thank John for joining us today and yeah, thank you, John. Uh, keeping Anthony's chair warm. That's, that was a <laughs> nice for having to sit me. In. It was yeah. a lot of fun today. Oh, appreciate having you. It was a lot of fun, and I learned some things too about CB. I learned that um, I think I'm going to stick with my chairs radios for now. <laughs> but thanks, John. You enlightened me. I think we, you enlightened us all. All right, well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, BuyTwoWayRadios can help you find the best solution for your needs. And remember, enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoia. And I'm Danny Feimster. And we're... Out.